A reading from Paul's letter to Titus. They shouldn't speak disrespectfully about anyone, but they should be peaceful, kind, and show complete courtesy toward everyone. We were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, and slaves to our desires and various pleasures too. We were spending our lives in evil behavior and jealousy. We were disgusting and we hated other people. But when God our Savior's kindness and love appeared, he saved us because of his mercy, not because of righteous things we had done. He did it through the, whole, the washing of new birth and renewing by the Holy Spirit, which God poured out upon us generously through, God, through Jesus Christ our Savior. So since we have been made righteous by his grace, we can inherit the hope for eternal life. This saying is reliable, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who come to believe in God might give careful attention to doing so. These things are good and useful for everyone. The word of the Lord. So today, I will be talking about how Christ's love renews hope. Life is not straightforward. It is not easy, but instead is often hazardous. In the rough parts, one's hope is challenged and tested in innumerable ways. Despite difficulties, individuals persist, learning to do good onto others and continue to struggle while they do not always seem to be finding good for themselves. Through God's help, people everywhere continue to vanquish challenges of unquantifiable size and form. Christ's love renews hope, rejuvenates spirit, and purifies character. I'd like to begin my testimony by referencing the scripture just read, uh, Titus chapter 3. Paul instructs, uh, instructs Titus as he ministers in Crete. This scripture first references how people are slaves to their own wants and needs and are not kind to others. The wants and needs of the self overshadow the needs of others. These issues are as present in my life as they are in anyone else's. My junior year really highlighted these kind of flaws, flawed behaviors in myself. I've always loved to learn. School has always been a place to discover and harness my own curiosity. So it felt natural to take as many IB courses, which are similar to honors courses that I did, where I might continue to be enthralled and engaged with my studies. However, this past year was one of the most difficult in my life, both academically and emotionally. Throughout the year, I enjoyed what I was learning, but I had numerous issues around the, along the way. I had taken so many difficult courses that the workload was often too much for me to handle. Expectations of my teachers and of myself were standards that felt insurmountable. College seemed right around the corner, and every action I took could affect my options, such as where I would go or how much financial aid I would get. So often I stayed up working so late and woke up sleep-deprived the next day. I sacrificed physical activity at Taekwondo and social activities with my friends just for academics. I was overburdened and stressed and emotionally upended. Sometimes when I was particularly cranky, I instigated arguments with my father just because I didn't know how to handle an issue by myself. At some moments, it felt so hopeless that I would break down crying for half an hour at a time. I was not just a slave to my own desires and pleasures, which were my extreme goals, but also my difficulties and setbacks, which clouded my judgment. But Christ the Savior had shown me the way forward through every difficulty. Each evening I would play, pray and unloose my troubles to God. 
He treated me much better than I treated others at some moments and showed me mercy despite my flaws and my one-track mind. I often would pray in the evening about the events of the next day, good focus on a test or finishing work on time, and he helped me to overcome many obstacles. I asked him to help me improve my behavior. I was guided not to be rude and insensitive to my father or to myself when things didn't go the way that I wanted, but instead to be more considerate and helpful. I prayed to be directed to the right thing in the upcoming day, even though I did not know what God expected of me. God helped me this accomplish a lot this year, and I only could contrive that hope, rejuvenation, and pure, although I might add, continually imperfect spirit by his aid. Summer is finally here, and God's green and beautiful world chirps and glistens outside of the foreboding walls of academia. I am ever hopeful because God brought me through this past year and will be there through the next years of my life. And I will add that he'll be through there with the lives of my peers behind me and the graduates sitting there. These teaching of Titus have certainly been applicable to me, and I hope that all of you in the audience will find that it is applicable to you as well. God is merciful and will renew hope for new births and fresh beginnings. Thank you. And now here's a reading from Paul's letters to the Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as one body, we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually, we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher and teaching, the exhorter and exhortation, the giver and generosity, the leader and diligence, the compassionate and cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in seal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, preserve in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone for evil, with evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. For those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Allison Kelly. And for most of you who don't know me very well, here are some things about me. First, I am 18 years old. And as of Thursday, I am a graduate of Parkview High School. I will be attending Averett University this fall, where I will be a cheerleader, and I will major in nursing. I love Disney, especially Ariel. I play the trumpet. I am a 
goody two-shoes, I don't think I've ever really gotten in trouble, uh, besides at home. <laughs> and, I'm, and as I'm sure some of you guys do, I tend to try to fit in. I don't like to stand out, except for Wacky Wednesday. You could see me in all my wacky clothes. Uh, I stand out more than I do now with my leadership skills, but when I was younger, I didn't really want people to notice me. I followed the in crowd, I guess, and whatever everyone was doing, that's what I did. So I kind of let the world choose like who I was. I didn't really focus on what I wanted to do. I did it based on my friends wearing this, I should wear this too. I didn't think for myself. Um, that wasn't until sixth grade before um, I made a connection with God. Uh, when I was little, I started going to this church when I was, I was born into this church. My dad moved here when he was 11. And uh, it's the basic routine for going to church when you're little. You go, your parents go to church, they bring you along, that's it. You don't really, you go, you're a tag along. You don't really gain a connection until, so for some people, something big happens in their life. And for me, that was something big happened. Um, I was in sixth grade and I came home and I, or yeah, I had found out that like the night before there was like this storm around my grandparents' house and less than a mile there was a tornado. <laughs> and I kid you not, sixth grade me, and I'm telling you right now, my parents can verify this, but I'm probably the most paranoid person you will ever know. Uh, so I, I honestly thought I was going to get swept away by a tornado and never come back. So I started freaking out. And still to this day, when storms come, I'm kind of freaked out, and it takes me a while to go to sleep. But back then, I would not go to sleep. I was so terrified. And I started praying. Mainly the prayers consisted of, Lord, please help me through this night. Let me not get swept away by wind. But it helped. It calmed my nerves, and I was able to go to sleep and continue on with my life. And then everything was good again. I was in my own little perfect world again. And then there was a house fire kind of near my house. And then that totally went out the window. My perfect world was gone. I was freaking out again. My new concern now, not only was the tornado a concern, but I also thought I was going to go to sleep and there was a fire that's going to happen in my house and I wouldn't wake up. Very, uh, very good imagination. But so the prayer wasn't enough. I did not feel like the prayer was working anymore. I, uh, I thought, well, God put this fire in this house that's close to mine. He's going to do it to mine, too. So I started reading a devotion book that my grandparents had gave me. And I started praying more, and I gained a bigger connection with God. And I felt super, I felt really safe. And to this day, I still read that devotions book, and I still have my nightly devotions. And I will do an evening prayer, too, along with prayers throughout the day. And it just, it gives me kind of sense of security. And he basically has helped me through be more courageous through um, talking with him and I'm now more confident in myself and uh, I um, just 
like being with him and praying with him and doing devotions, it's helped me a lot throughout my life. And I've now become a great leader that I wouldn't have been if I hadn't had all this happen to me. Uh, Romans 12, 1 through 18, that was just read, states that we should rely on God who make us who, uh, to make us who we're supposed to be versus the world. So instead of letting the world decide who I was, I relied on God. Only he knows our future and can best direct us down the path that is meant for us. It also says that we should do what we are meant to do. And through careful prayer and many years of research, uh, I felt like God has led me to pursue, pursue NICU nursing. And I'm so thankful for the events that occurred earlier in my life that had made me establish my relationship with God because I would not be the person who I am today without him. And then, and I, and I love the way I am today. So thank you. Here a reading from First, Con- from First Chronicles. David said further to his son Solomon, be strong and of, and of good courage and act. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. The word of the Lord. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, 9 through 11. The words bravery and courage are often used interchangeably, yet they don't have the same meaning. Courage is what I'm talking about today. Courage is the mental and moral strength enabling one to persevere, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Bravery, on the other hand, is the ability to confront pain, danger, or attempts of intimidation without any feeling of fear. This fall, I start my first semester at the University of South Carolina, approximately 486 miles from my home. Growing up, I always talked about moving out and going to college far, far away. But as the day of my departure grows closer, I'm starting, starting to freak out a little. This is home, not just my physical house, but this sanctuary, the youth hall, my high school, my friends' houses. In my previous definition of courage, I said that with courage, one has the ability to withstand fear and difficulty. And although I'm apprehensive about leaving everything behind, I don't know exactly what is ahead of me. I know God will give me the courage to make my new home away from home in Columbia. McLean Baptist Church has provided opportunities for me to have courage, like the courage to drive 15 hours in a rickety church bus to go do volunteer work. And trust me, with Bob teacher driving, you really have to have courage. <laughs> Being around so many unselfish people has influenced me to have the courage to fly to another country and build houses for families who put scraps of metal together and call it a home. I am very fortunate to have grown up not worrying about my next meal or if I have a bed to sleep in. I look for courage when I stand up here and talk in front of you, or in front of a class or assembly, or sing a solo in front of a cloud, or run a relay when all my teammates are depending on me. All these things take courage, to face our fears and difficulties and not turn away, but face them head on. I think a lot of this courage comes from my foundation, my family, and my church, my church family.